Welcome back, Pilgrims. On this week's Dose, we've got another loaded lineup of startups making waves. First, you'll hear about a new startup coming out of stealth mode called Pylon, which just announced their $8.5 million seed round led by Conversion Capital. This company is looking to make mortgage lending easy for any institution to offer to its customers. And next, we're excited to provide y'all with the very first ever Venture Pill update. None other than Wander is back in the news with the announcement of a $100 million debt raise geared towards their new REIT offering. So awesome to see them continue to grow after covering them in our very first dose of the Venture Pill. So we can confidently say it takes approximately 43 episodes for an update. After talking about Wander, we'll discuss Smoothie, which just secured a $5 million Series A led by Keith Canning, and how the healthy smoothie-making robot is capitalizing on the accelerating smoothie market. And lastly, we'll close out this week's dose with a breakdown on Resort Pass's $26 million Series B, led by Declaration Partners and 14W. The platform allows users to enjoy luxury hotel amenities by purchasing day passes. Truly fun for the whole family in this week's episode, so let's dive on in. This is Venture Pill, your weekly dose of startups and venture capital. We break down recent startups in the news and interview founders and investors to help you stay informed in the evolving world of venture. All right, first company of this week's dose is Pylon. They just announced an $8.5 million seed round led by Conversion Capital and are emerging out of stealth mode. Ooh, (laughs) (laughs) always kind of mysterious when a company's in stealth. But uh, this round also included participation from some notable names. Peter Thiel, if you're not familiar with him, former former PayPal founder and esteemed venture capitalist, uh, this round also included QED Ventures and many more, as well as angel investors from companies like Zillow, SoFi, Ramp. So a lot of kind of related companies, if you will. So Pylon is looking to provide fintech companies and other non-traditional lenders with a way to offer mortgages to their clients. The founder, Trent Hedge, said in an interview that in order to build a lender or even a mortgage broker, you have to get licensed state by state. You have to become an expert on mortgages, and you have to stand up capital markets and raise debt facilities and then get approved by Fannie Mae. By the end of the process, you're looking at at least a few million dollars spent and one to two years just to get set up. Yeah, quite a cumbersome, uh, process-heavy experience, I would say, and and I think that's where uh, Hedge and, and the team at Pylon are kind of getting at, is that he really thought of this idea based on constant requests that he was receiving from his customers at his previous venture called Atmos, which is a custom construction company. Um, so a lot of requests to get a mortgage, but it's not very easy to be able to offer that. A lot of hoops to jump through. And so what Pylon does is they provide a full stack approach with a white labeled interface that can do a bunch of things. It can pre-fill loan applications, verify income and other assets. It can pull credit and offer loan products of many different sorts. 
it can approve borrower applications. And finally, it can comply with all the regulatory requirements necessary. So taking care of all that stuff, I, I can't even wrap my head around all that it can do, but it's truly a full stack approach. Yeah, can't help but notice that that is a full stack there. And evidently, others are noticing as well. As Pylon has only launched within the past year and just recently came out of stealth mode, and it's already displaying some pretty impressive early traction. So they've got 15 customers with over $1.5 billion in combined loan volume. And one of those customers is a top five lender, according to CEO Trent Hedge. Yeah, and I wanted to highlight as well a quote from one of their board members. That's Christian Lawless, of GP at Conversion Capital. Um, and I'm paraphrasing here, but uh, he, he talked about the timing right now with higher interest rates in an environment that could prove uh, that could prove ripe for disruption and allow Pylon to really charge into the market quickly with hopes of forging relationships not only with these non-traditional uh, kind of institutions, but also the big traditional banks. And it seems like they've already got a top lender under their belt right now. Uh, so quite a big opportunity with a different environment than we've seen over the last decade plus with lower interest rates. Um, I think a lot of companies are, you know, maybe maybe trying to look for innovative ways to offer mortgages to their clients. Yeah, just another example of timing being so crucial to a startup. And we've covered it a lot in previous episodes with startups that came to be in COVID-19. Um, and seeing Pylon, you know, using this time of rising interest rates to find a way to disrupt the mortgage market uh, just further proves how important timing is for for startups. Yeah, and for the venture capitalists making the investment. So a clear key component for Christian there, joining the board, it's a good signal, uh, obviously sees that the, the team behind it is strong. I was taking a look at their team on the website. They've got experience from a bunch of different companies in the space, a lot of great angel investors. So they've got a good team, good advisors, good investors. That's a good recipe combined with the timing, like you're saying. So it'll be interesting to see how Pylon fares, uh, only having just come out of stealth mode. All right. Uh, for our second company of today, we are just amped to cover our very first Venture Pill update. Uh, that's going to be Wander. And for the day one pilgrims, you'll remember Wander from our very first episode. Um, and they have now just announced a, a, a raise of $100 million in debt from Credit Suisse. And this influx of funding will allow Wander to really reach the masses. Um, before we dive into the full update here, uh, we're going to go into a quick flashback to our very first episode where we first covered Wander right here. Whoosh. We both really were excited to see Wander um, raise a, a really impressive round today. They announced it. Um, and Wander, you may have seen it on Twitter. If you're not on Twitter, it might, might be a new name to you, but it's essentially this Airbnb competitor. Um, they may or may not be positioning themselves as such, but essentially they are a company that owns Airbnb-like properties, homes in cool spots, um, and they own the whole process from top to bottom. And that's like their key differentiator is that their homes have predictable high-speed internet. You know what you're getting into. Every home has a Tesla in the parking lot or the garage, so cool. which is sick. Um, <laughs> They're in beautiful locations. Yeah. Out west, they have a few, uh, like in Tahoe, a um, uh, couple of, yeah, Joshua Tree, 
really cool spots and they have really awesome work from home setups and so not to mention really fitness cool. fitness center in every right. spot so it's like high end um, it's built for the modern worker this kind of work life kind of blending thing and and they raised a really uh, great round uh, they've been going at it for a little bit this is really going to accelerate their growth they have to actually buy new homes right. and so they're kind of limited in the growth in that sense but the hype is certainly real I myself became a founding member which Very sounds cool. really cool but all it was <laughs> is I found it on Twitter I paid a hundred bucks and got a cool <laughs> got a sweatshirt and uh, first hundred bucks you know that that goes towards my first day so yeah. I'm looking forward to that but yeah yeah and it's a, you know always cool to say you were a founder founding member that's <laughs> yeah. that's a resume booster um, it would be cool if these uh, gyms and you know fitness centers that they offer had Maybe a Peloton, maybe future. In fact, they do. They do. They have Peloton. At least in one of them, they have Peloton and Hydro, which okay. I'm a big Hydro guy. Yes. I noticed Hydro's in one of their cool. pictures, uh, they have those. So they know exactly what all like the kinds of people, yeah, like they got young, their target market. young remote workers who want to work and play a little bit, but they want to you know get some work done, really while they're while yeah. they're traveling. I, I think you know that's great context provided by you there and just to expand on that real really quick um airbnb is i mentioned those companies zoom peloton whatever that have really boomed during covid airbnb has sustained that that booming volume um, throughout covid and there has been a massive trend uh emerging of business leisure leisure for short if you you know want to sound cool yeah <laughs> um which is essentially people who work from home, either full-time or have a hybrid model type thing or something in between where they can travel every other weekend or one weekend a month to work from Colorado one weekend, California the next, and Maine the, you know, the next month. Um, and that's definitely an emerging trend. I'm curious how Wander will, how much of Airbnb's market Wander is kind of hoping to bite into because obviously that's not all Airbnb offers. Like Airbnb is great for people that want a cheap apartment in Miami for spring break too. You know, they're not only catering to the business leisure, you know, work from home market. So I kind of like that Wander has found this specific niche. Mm -hmm. I'm curious the actual like total addressable market of it, but yeah, no, I like where your where your head's at on this. I was just thinking like I don't actually think they're competitors. I think what Wander's doing isn't isn't a replacement or a competitive threat necessarily to Airbnb, although they may, and I think both can kind of ride this wave of leisure. Um, yeah. Is that what it was, leisure yeah. and, and remote work? I mean, you see Brian Chesky, Airbnb founder and CEO, announced he's just going to be living in yeah. Airbnbs for that. the time being, two weeks <laughs> here, two weeks there. That's, I think it's sick. That's awesome. But I think it is a separate thing because... With Wander, it's these high-end experiences where you know what you're getting with each one. Whereas right. with Airbnb, it's kind of the vibe, like the value of the vibe of it is you're getting something different everywhere, and you're getting immersed in the culture. Right. It's not a standardized thing. A lot of variables. In and play. I mean, it's it's providing um, people a way to rent out their space, which is a whole. I mean, that's how it started. Rent out, right. yeah, you know, couch surfing. Right. Um, this is owned by Wander and they own the whole experience. I don't think they'll really butt heads. Maybe down the road if Wander really grows to where they want it to be. But right now they have four properties, literally. You know, even if 
I think if they grew to 20, 50, 100, I mean, that's so little in comparison yeah, to Airbnb. It's a higher point. end kind of different experience. Yeah, that's, that's well said. Um, I'm honestly curious what the pricing for Wander is because, you know, a thing with Airbnb is also in some instances, it just makes sense to do that instead of a hotel or any kind of conventional vacation stay you would have. And obviously with leisure, that does imply like staying in a really nice hotel with a conference center and printer, you know, all the, all the bells and whistles you might want to have a good work from home setup. So I'm curious how the pricing will kind of evolve over time. But I, I do think also, like you said, Airbnb, I think, yeah, there's a lot of ratings at this point and you kind of know, you, sh- you generally know what you're getting yourself into, but you never know, like, you don't know with absolute certainty the experience that you will have there. Maybe there's a neighbor somewhere, you know, there are so many factors I feel like that could positively or negatively um, influence your stay. So I kind of like with Wander, ideally, you know what you're getting and it is executed, you know, perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, think, I think that's their key differentiator. And I did look at the pricing a little bit. It was more expensive and that's kind of been the main kind of you get a Tesla. Yeah, which is sick. I've never gotten to drive one before. Uh, so, no, I'm definitely wanting to get out and, and see what uh, what one is actually like. Yeah. Maybe we head out there and do some podcasting. That'd be sweet. Looks like they had some the sick mic setups. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, but anyway, what I was saying is, I lost my train of thought, but it's a sick company. Um, you should follow them on Twitter. The CEO and founder is... A Thiel uh, fellow, John Andrew Entwistle. Mm. Um, they're a small team, like literally 10 people maybe. I think they're going to be hiring like crazy, sure. growing slowly. And yeah, it's, it's just a higher end. Now I, I remember what I was going to say is the, the pushback was, hey, this is expensive. Their goal is to make travel accessible and really ride this wave and provide people with ways to work in really nice places. Yeah. Um, they said they're going to drive the cost down, which makes sense. They're yeah. just starting. Maybe there will be some sort of economies of scale. Uh, we'll see. But the $27 million they raised, I mean, that should be a game changer. Yeah. I think it's interesting that they fully like own and operate the properties, too. Like That is another differentiator from Airbnb um, and obviously affects the pricing model as such. But just thinking to myself, like Wander kind of seems like the culmination of Airbnb, let's say, Turo, because you get a free nice car, yeah, not free but included car, and Peloton or Future, like all of these kind of co- like companies yeah. that we talk about and are so popular in the venture startup space. Um, Wander just kind of brings all together and puts on you know an expensive but a platter for you. So it does. I, yeah. like, I like the sound of it, and we'll yeah. be keeping tabs. On it is that. a cool company. We will certainly be keeping tabs and yeah. providing any updates we see. Um, yeah. Alright, now back to present day. God, I miss the old days, don't you? Oh yeah, so young and dumb. <laughs> so, Wander's goal is to have a property within a three-hour drive of 80% of the U.S. population. Kind of sounds like Walmart's goal of having a store within 10 miles of the whole population. And since we first covered Wander, they've also launched a new and exciting part of their business called Atlas, which is a REIT a real estate investment trust that allows investors to gain exposure to the portfolio of wonderful, or perhaps we should say wonderful. Hey, yo, ho. Hey, yo. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful vacation rental properties. 
Yeah, and Wander now boasts a portfolio of 13 homes across the nation, but really this is still only the beginning. So I think when we first covered them, they had about four homes. So growing modestly, um, it's been hard for them to acquire the homes more quickly than that. But now with this new influx of capital and $100 million at their disposal, they will look to, I would say, carefully select more incredible properties across the U.S. So they're not going to just be going willy-nilly buying anything they can. They have a high standard for the quality. Um, So the growth is not going to happen overnight. Uh, The process they have in place is pretty rigorous in terms of the appraisal and approval uh, needed from multiple different parties. Um, That's all in place to ensure that the properties are quality assets um, with an additional regard to the requirements for a REIT to provide a good investment product to the investors. Right. And one thing that we wanted to highlight here is that ultimately the impetus with Wander, according to founder John Andrew Entwistle, is to reimagine the vacation rental space by allowing users to be owners with a little twist of diversification in a high-end class of real estate. So this kind of gives me notes of uh, when we covered Adam Newman's newest venture, Flow. Not that we have too many details about that, but sounds like a similar mix of rental property and having a little bit of ownership in these rental spaces. Yeah, definitely. And and we've covered quite a bit of real estate tech companies, but Wander is truly unique in what they're doing here. Just a completely reimagined experience. Um, and I think that's why a bunch of our listeners got excited about them in our very first episode. But I uh, wanted to round things out about kind of the numbers behind what they're doing here. According to the Forbes article we've linked in the show notes, if you're interested in checking that out, Wander takes a 0.65% management fee for this Atlas product um, and has a targeted annual dividend of 8% for investors, which is which is pretty good. Um, and especially in what we were talking about earlier, the interest rate environment we're seeing today. Um, the investment is only open to accredited investors today, but I think their their goal is to open that up more broadly. And a minimum investment to invest in Atlas is 10000 Right. So there's a little bit of a barrier to entry, but like you said, it certainly reminds me of some of those partial ownership real estate companies we've covered multiple times in the past. Um, and yeah, just awesome to see what Wander's doing and how much success they seem to have had in the early going. Yeah. Yeah. And on that note, I will say like the main difference is you can invest in these properties and then you can go stay at them. Um, and you can go stay at a bunch of them in really cool places. So that's, you know, I think that's their unique differentiator, one of many differentiators, but really cool to see their progress. And, uh, hopefully we'll have a third update or I should say a second update, but a third opportunity to cover them here in the near future when they're raising like a massive series B or something like that. Yeah, man, I'd love to record an episode of the Venture Pill from a Wander property, actually. Aren't you an early founder? Uh, founding member, founding member. <laughs> yeah, I got the sweatshirt, no big deal. Um, I still need to I still need to make it out to one of the properties, so maybe we need to do a little bit of a Venture Pill retreat, invite out some founders, do some interviews out there. They've got some good setups. I think even some of them have microphones. Um, so uh, a podcaster's paradise. Yeah, that's awesome. A little venture pill adventure, if you will. Yes, sir. (laughs) Oh, you will. (laughs) (laughs) You know I will. (laughs) For our third story in this week's dose, we have Smootie, which just landed a $5 million Series A led by Keith Canning, also joined by FCP Ventures, as well as former Nespresso president Frederick Levy, and many more. 
So Smoothie was originally incubated out of Harvard's Innovation Lab in 2018, and CEOs Pascal Kreisch and Morgan Abraham deemed their company a healthy smoothie store in a box. So essentially, it's a robot that mixes fruit, vegetables, and add-ins like protein into a smoothie. Yeah, pretty cool concept here. Obviously, robots serving food and beverages isn't a brand new idea, um, but Smoothie differentiates itself by being self-cleaning, and it's not the traditional black box that you might be used to, where you either get a coffee or like a meal from one of those machines you'd find in an airport, and it just kind of pops out. You're not really sure where it came from or <laughs> what the ingredients are. I think the differentiator here is the customers can watch the frozen ingredients travel through the blending process and even watch the machine clean itself afterwards. So they're getting that reassurance uh, that they would get watching somebody make their smoothie in a, in a more traditional setting. Um, the price range for these smoothies is in the $5.99 to $7.99 uh, range and they offer a variety of flavors and add-ins that you can choose from right and i think they mentioned they plan on expanding the variety of flavors and add-ins down the line as well and i gotta say 5.99 to 7.99 for a smoothie in today's economy that's a pretty good rate i'll take it yeah not bad not bad um, and so we're just going to highlight a little bit of the exciting early traction that we've seen here with smoothie so since its commercial launch in 2021 Smoothie has grown its revenue by 25% month over month and has experienced zero churn with some convenience store chains asking for additional deployments. Yeah, that I mean, that is some boss numbers right there. 25% month over month. Pretty good. Uh, Krish, the one of the co-CEOs, forecasts five times growth next year in 2023 as the company looks to scale nationwide. So we also wanted to highlight that the broader smoothie market has actually doubled over the last five years. Uh, so some good tailwinds in the broader market as well. Yes, invest in smoothies. Uh, one more thing that we wanted to highlight is that smoothie is already in convenience stores, offices, restaurants, and other classic locations. But the company also recently secured a partnership with food distribution giant Dot Foods, which will only help them get into thousands of new locations and just seems like a perfect strategic partnership for Smoothie. Yeah, and another spot that came to mind for me that we didn't necessarily see there in currently today is like airports. I mean, that's typically what I think of when I think of a food robot. Um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of airports, not necessarily convenience stores. I don't know that I've seen those as much as like in restaurants or offices either. So probably a big opportunity there for them to expand into airports. Yeah, agreed. And I'm sure the thought has crossed their mind and we'll certainly be keeping tabs eagerly on Smoothie. Okay, and for our fourth and final story in this week's dose, we have Resort Pass, which just secured a $26 million Series B, co-led by Declaration Partners and 14W, along with some high-profile new investors like William Morris Endeavor, Jessica Alba, Gwyneth Paltrow, as well as Airbnb's syndicate, which is called Air Angels, and many more. And we wanted to highlight that syndicate just because Resort Pass, like Airbnb, is all about helping people capitalize on assets that may not be getting the most usage. Indeed, yeah. So this is a six-year-old company that gives people the option to purchase day passes to over 900 hotels and resorts. Think like Ritz-Carlton, Four Seasons, and other luxury hotels. With these passes, users have access to all the amenities like pools, spas, fitness centers, 
without having to shell out all the money required to typically stay overnight and therefore get that access to all the amenities. So pretty cool idea. Yeah, it's a fascinating concept. Um, and now just to get in a little bit more into how it operates. So Resort Pass serves as a classic two-way marketplace. Oh, yeah. Basically, we, we love our two-way marketplaces here. Essentially, it links up users with hotels and takes a cut out of each booking. So a typical day pass for a hotel can range from about $25 to $100 for an adult, depending on which hotel it is, and children generally pay less or can be admitted for free. Additionally, beyond the marketplace offering, the startup also has built a software that makes it easier for the hotel industry to support day guest access. So it's free for hotels to join Resort Pass, but many hotels also choose to subscribe to the platform to access its management and booking software tools. And it's really a no-brainer, but the rationale here is that Resort Pass provides a new revenue stream for hotels by empowering them to allow more guests on a per-day basis. Yeah, I mean, a great a great way to think about it was your comparison to Airbnb, like a homeowner wants to rent out space on their couch was the original idea. There's a lot of a lot of dead time, I guess, during the day and people don't always want to stay the night. But I think also it's like just generally making customers more likely to be loyal to that brand. So it provides them with more opportunities to engage their guests. Um, if, if they have a later flight, they'd like to stay for a little bit longer. You know, it's just it's just making them more money more broadly. I think it's hard to calculate the value that Resort Pass brings to hotels. I think it really increases the lifetime value of a customer for them, which is really invaluable. We wanted to highlight a couple metrics in classic VP fashion here. Um, As COVID-19 restrictions have loosened, the company has seen a surge in business. Um, So not surprising there, they've doubled the number of users this year compared to last and they claim to have delivered over a million dollars in new booking revenue to many of its hotel partners. So incredible numbers there. Right. Like you said, increasing the lifetime value of customers for hotels. A couple more metrics to pepper on our listeners here. Since its inception, the startup has matched 1.6 million guests to partner hotels. Additionally, Resort Pass currently operates in 35 states, and is already seeing encouraging early traction in newly entered markets outside of the United States, such as the Caribbean and Mexico. And they also mentioned plans to expand into new territories like Europe and Asia down the line, uh, which I'm sure is aided by this influx of capital. Yeah, so 35 states, room to grow within the U.S. I'm sure with these large brands, they have room to grow within those partnerships. And internationally, some of those brands have quite a large footprint in new countries. So quite quite a lot of opportunity here. Really cool, really cool business idea. Um, that's one of those where you're like, how did I not think of it? Which is a classic thought to have about um, a successful startup. So that's one good aspect here. And we'll certainly be looking to, you know, hit, hit some of those pools uh, during the day here in Austin. <laughs> Yeah, no, definitely. Maybe we can uh, also record a Venture Pill episode in, you know, the Ritz-Carlton, some of their amenities as well. So we've got a couple different locations to potentially record future episodes here. Uh, but I think that just about wraps up this week's dose. Thank you, as always, to our listeners out there. And stay tuned for more exciting doses coming in the near future. 
Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another dose of startups and venture capital. And as always, we appreciate our pilgrims spreading the word about the show. Share with your friends and help someone else make the pilgrimage. See you next time. She told me that she only bumps my music when she's lonely. Thinks my vibe's a little low-key, okie-dokie. That's alright, but...